0: Time for Talkin' Jazz. Hey, welcome into another edition of Talkin' Jazz. Look what Stranger finally worked his way in. Now, uh, the Jazz have been traveling a lot, so the radio voice of the Jazz, David Locke, has been with him. It seems like he has been that way every week. I mean, you're home in spurts, but
1: never on Tuesday. We go on a trip here, I think, uh, Saturday. Yeah, two games. And then I don't think we take another trip until about March 4th. Oh, you're loving that. You know what that means? Well, skiing. Let's hope so. A yeah. little helicopter skiing. Oh, yeah. My all-star break is the three-generation helicopter skiing trip. I'm taking my dad, who's 80, How's going with and you? my two kids, and the four of us are going helicopter skiing. It's Dude. like my life bucket list. Number okay. one bucket list thing I had was a three-generation helicopter skiing trip, and, and hopefully gonna we're going to get it. it done. Please be safe. Sure. And, and keep an eye on Hal. He's a good guy. Well, his exact quote when he had a medical thing recently was, don't they know if I'm going to kick it, I'm doing it at the Ruby Mountains? <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: like, all right, that's a little morbid. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, he grew up in mountains, so as did you. All right, well, that's awesome. Let's get into the jazz. Uh, You and I texted over the last couple days various topics, and yesterday I said, all right, give me your final. And you, you had five just like that that you were very passionate about. So let's start with trade deadline. We're two days away from the trade deadline, but... Really, as you point out, the Jazz have already done theirs, so I guess the question now is, how has it all worked out in your view?
1: Well, I think there's something really to what the Jazz did. They made a trade on December 23rd. By the time the trade deadline comes on Thursday, they will have had Jordan Clarkson for 20 games. Everybody else is making their trades and going to have their player for 32 games. We're going to have our player for about 50 games. Right, that's a really big difference. Program for 52. I think that's a huge issue to talk about. The Jazz are 14 and 5 since they added Jordan Clarkson. Over that time period, to the number one offense in the NBA by a considerable margin. So they made their move. They used their asset, which was some second round draft picks and Dante Exum's 11 million dollar contract, and got this guy who's brought us such a spark off the bench, who has just an incredible ability to get on top of the rim or at least in the paint to the basket. And that has added something to our team we just haven't had before. It relieves some pressure from Donovan. It it just does so much. I mean, if you look at our lineups now with Mike back, we just have two or three bona fide scorers on the floor at all times. A couple of other things that have been big over the last week.
0: The all-star situation. Not only how the Jazz have developed them, but let's start quickly with Rudy and Donovan, how fast they have created this. I love how Donovan mentioned how
1: I've been there on a Friday, I've been there on a Saturday, now I'm there on a Sunday. So, I mean, let's start with... With Donovan and, and Ruth, or let's start with Ruth since you have the highlights here. I mean, these are simple plays we've gotten used to that, frankly, he couldn't do in the past. He's developed his hands. He's developed his physical strength. He's a force on top of the rim. Quinn Snyder and the coaching staff have done masterful things with him. And I mean, this is the highlight play of the year, right? When he's suddenly staying with Brandon Ingram. And the other one, obviously, is against Dallas when he cuts off former Ute DeLon Wright at the rim to win the ballgame. He does things that other players in the world cannot do, but it's out of development of skills. That skill right there from Donovan Mitchell, the off the bounce three was one of his major steps along the way. His game has really evolved a great deal. He's much more efficient this season. This is hard to do what he's doing, to make the All-Star game in the third year. You know, we saw Darren Williams had a hard time doing it. Damian Lillard's been in five yeah. All-Star games and I think, eight seasons in the NBA. This is a major accomplishment, but it's also a major accomplishment by the entire organization on how these players have developed. Which is a topic
0: in and of itself. Let's talk a little bit about that because they, they do this group has
1: several All-Stars. Well, there is the guy that four not is allowed to be mentioned ever again oh, in Utah yeah. Do we who came that? to us as a not very soft. I think he just, sol- uses initials. H- just uses initials. Yeah, that guy right there on the screen <laughs> who got into this all-star game because of the same process, right? He came right. to the Jazz. So really, if you look at what Dennis Lindsay's drafted and then what Quinn Snyder and his coaching staff have developed, you've got three players that were drafted that have suddenly emerged into becoming all-star players along the way. and. In Gordon Hayward, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert. And then on the not-all-star level, it's pretty real, too. Not all, everyone in the world can do that. So yeah. not everyone's able to be an all-star. Oh, look at that. But if you think about Joe Ingles and now Royce O'Neal, these are undrafted players that were in Europe, and the Jazz have turned them into viable players. You know, look at these highlights. I'm reminded of how
0: bad Rudy. all-star games really are. Right. If, if you like any defense at all, they're really bad. But, hey, it's a festival. one. The new all-star format, though. That's right. It's, that's That's going to be great this year, but... Keep an eye on this because, and we won't discuss it right now, but um, they've discussed the idea of doing away with the All-Star game in favor of a midseason tournament. We'll see where that goes, hopefully not before it comes here. Uh, speaking can I of give the- you my quick
1: thought? Okay. One-on-one tournaments or three-on-three tournaments instead of All-Star games? So instead of having okay. LeBron it, and Giannis so. picking their teams, have, go, have maybe this, whatever it is, All-Stars, there's 24, yeah. so have eight teams of three, have eight players draft their teams and then build brackets build and play tournament. three-on-three. Okay, well,
0: you never know. They're working on something. We shall see. We just talked
1: about lack of
0: defense in the All-Star game. We're seeing a little bit of that with the Jazz over this four-game losing streak, and I know that's something you wanted to address tonight.
1: So I don't really know what I think of this. I mean, I think to some extent from the very beginning of the year, the question on this team was not whether it was going to be great offensively, but whether it was going to be, great to be able to be good as good defensively. You look at the various nights that happened. This guy right here, Dame oh, Lillard, is in a different time, place, and zone than anyone's ever been yeah. in the history of the league. There's no one who's ever scored and created up uh, with assists, more points in six games. You look at that Denver game and Jokic is great. They're very good. We ran out of gas midway through the third quarter and suddenly turned a good defensive game into a disaster. You look at the, the other two games along the way in the losing streak, San Antonio has an out-of-body experience shooting in the mid-range. Yeah. And Houston kind of got us with stuff we weren't really prepared to see that night because of the fact that they had all those injuries. So. I, I don't know whether I think there's a big collective defensive problem going on There's Certainly, you can look at the last four games. This game right here is the worst defensive game we've had all year. The highlights we saw a moment against Portland is the second worst defensive game we've had all year. And the other two are in the worst 13. So it's not a great trend, but I'm wondering if it was scattered somewhere along the way, whether or not this wouldn't look as, I mean, this looks horrendous, right? We're yeah. freaking out looking at that and i think there's probably a little bit of circumstances i think there's a little bit of truth like to some of it and i think that on the other end um i think the bigger picture concept is that you know if you go back to since jordan clarkson joined the team and call that our team we're 15th defensively so we are no longer the elite defensive team that we once were we're now an elite offensive team and the question is whether, if we're good defensively, we'll be good. If we can get pretty good defensively, we'll be pretty good. And if we get great defensively, we're going to be great
0: because our offense is real. You know what? Touching on uh, Lillard, imagine being a defender and realizing that's a guy you pretty much have to pick up at mid-court from I mean, it's, 30 it's just, to 40 feet. Yeah, it's crazy. Wait, from 30 to 40 yeah. feet, he is shooting 40%. That's just insane. Now, the Jazz—that's one thing. We talk about the struggles with the defense. But you like what's going on offensively, and it really is. Sometimes it's just amazing what's happening.
1: Well, I just said a moment ago, I'm not worried at all about us yeah, offensively. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't worried when the team was built by Justin Zanuck and Dennis Lindsay in any way, shape or form. Catch and shoot, we just saw it there from Donovan Mitchell. When this team gets catch and shoot, they're the best catch and shoot team in the NBA. They're also the number one three-point shooting team in the league. And the catch and shoot numbers, which are hard to come by, are really the stunning ones. Every single guy on the roster who plays is 38% or better on a catch and shoot three. So if we can get the penetration, move the basketball, spin it around. Now, interestingly, our assist percentage is way down since Jordan Clark's been joined the team to some extent because he can go one on one. We're not passing quite as much as we did. It also has led our turnovers to drop a little bit, so there's the positive in that. But I think that you, uh, I think that if we can get back to that ball movement and spread it out, we're there. And the offense is just great. You've got bona fide shooters all the way around the arc, and you've got the best rim roller in the league. If we can stay out of too many of those floaters and mid-range games, And do it when it's necessary, but not when we want, you know, not just because the defense gives it to us. You're not slowing down this team.
0: Numbers bear it out. You said it right there. Look at that. There's number one in
1: four of those columns. And let me point out the one thing where they're fifth is a silly stat that should never be used ever again in sports field goal percentage. You got to use effective field goal percentage, which weighs three point shooting, and then they're second.
0: That is amazing as you look at those numbers. Because remember, when we look at the defense, they were all
1: 20. Not <laughs> to get on your graphics, not to get on your graphics, guys. No, no, really, like in a day and I'll age where, half the, yeah, where right. the shots count two times, you know, 0. 0.5 more, like the, it's three versus two is two times as much. So, you know. Why aren't they going away from that on the box score then? Well, they're moving. Do I credit the Scott Rogers, Jeremy Brunner, and uh, Travis yeah. Henderson? Of for, our J- for Jazz TV, you only see effective field goal percentage yeah. now on Jazz TV because you know what our job is? Our job is to tell a story, right. and field goal percentage okay. tells an inaccurate story. That's always when people say, don't use advanced stats, people don't know what they are. No, no, no. I'll use advanced stats when they tell the accurate story because right. my job is to tell you the story of the game. Real, real quick, catch and shoot, could that also
0: be a factor, the success, be a factor of the scheme, the coaching, the way Quinn has taught
1: these guys? Unquestionably, and... and it's a difficult thing to get because what we found out when you don't have rookie Rubio and Jay Crowder is that people hugged all your shooters. Yeah. And so it's hard to get the ball out to those right. guys. Early in the year, we saw Donovan and, and Conley and those guys getting in the lane and shooting that little floater. Well, it's because all that was available. Yeah. So Quinn really did a wonderful job of, and his coaching staff of coaching through that into what, we, what they call the Nash dribble, which is when they dribble yeah, around yeah, the baseline, yeah. and come yeah. out the other side. Well, now the defense is kind of bent and now you can keep moving it and get it going. Royce O'Neill's great at driving and getting the kick, and, kick out game going. They need to do more of that. They're about 22nd secondly in in-catch-and-shoot threes, largely because right. the defense can take that away. But the more they can tax defenses and get those looks, the better off they're going to be. And it's,
0: Co- Quinn is coaching it. They are delivering it.
1: All right, time for this week's edition of Jazz
0: Bites, presented by Kimball Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. Snow, by the way, interrupted yesterday's Jazz Media Availability Session. I think you know that, but they did regroup today.
2: Jazz Bites, presented by Kimball Roofing and Repairs. I think it's great that we, we realize that nothing is easy, you know, and uh, you know those teams are hungry and we are hungry too. It's, it's on us to keep getting better and you know and get a finish strong before the break. And it's going to be some great games and some great tests for us. We never want to over, overreact because it's basketball. You know, you can have a, you can be tired, have you know a bad stretch, and you don't want to lose the reason why we've been so good. We, we know that we feel like we know why we, we lost those games you know we, we saw that the stretches when you know the defense wasn't there and the offense wasn't the way we, we wanted to be and the effects of defense so it's all about staying who we are but do everything we do a little better and realize that like I said the goal is you know is to to be good in in April. and obviously you want to get there in everywhere so you got to win games today but we want to keep getting better and, and, you know, stay where we are. We're not, we're not Denver, we're not Portland, we, we don't have the same type of players. So we're going to keep doing what we do and make sure we do it better. Um, it's a team that needs to get better. And, you know, to the extent that um, you make
1: those adjustments and you're able to execute on them, I think that's really, that's the ebb and flow of the NBA season. And you know, that that's, you know, that's the goal is to continue to get better and um, as you play against better teams, the things that you're able to do get harder. It requires you to be even sharper, um, to read even better, um, to be even more precise with how you're attacking, with your spacing and all those things. If you do those things, you get a better gauge on where you are. And I think that's what we're getting right now. And, you, know, you may not like it, it may not feel good. Um, always feels good to win. Um, but at the same time, it may be you know, on some level, what a team needs to take more steps. Well, there
0: you go. One, one of the most difficult questions to answer for anyone in sports and probably shouldn't even be asked is how do you turn this around? Because if everyone knew how to turn it around like that, they'd be geniuses. But how do you turn it around?
1: <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think, obvious, I think there's some, I do think there's some circumstances that were unique to each of those games that right, led to yeah. it, as I mentioned earlier. I think you just, a little better connectivity, I think a little bit better awareness um, floor spacing by the opponents are leading Rudy to be f- in different spots. And then how do you react to that? Um, you know, I think they wanted Dame Lillard is unbelievable. Uh-huh. if He goes to his left and shoots. They yeah. wanted him, I think to go to just watching them. I think they wanted him to go right. Most people do, but we opened the door like you'd like him to go shade him, right? But not like open the door for him to have a straight yeah. line drive. And he had three straight like line the way drives. they played Harden in the playoffs. Right. That's the a little few. different. They actually meant to do that <laughs> yeah. to Harden. They actually yeah. literally got behind him because you're trying to take yeah. a step back away, but in that circumstance so I think there's just some tightening of the screws there yeah. and I I suspect they'll do it. it'll it be interesting to see I mean these next two Denver and Portland
0: are real well let's take a look at the schedules, as a matter of fact because it's the home and home series with Denver and Portland we just played them on the road they'll be here uh, Wednesday and Friday then the Texas swing again David and these are back to back right yes yeah, Sunday and Monday the last game before the all-star break will be the heat but let's focus on those first two And again, I mean, it's not like there are any surprises. These teams do know each other, but what do you expect the next time around when they get
1: them here? Well, I mean, so we're seeing Dame here, and I have no idea what to expect because he's just on a different planet, right? He's just playing in a way nobody in the league has ever gone five games, averaging 45 points and 10 assists. Um, I think the Jazz have got to be a little, you know, obviously better against Dame, but I don't know that defense matters against Damian Lillard right now. Um, The Jazz and the Blazers have not played close games over the last two years, uh, so – they kind of blew us out there. So we'll blow them out here. That's how um, that works. that's kind of hopefully how it'll work. But if you recall last year, we blew them out twice. And then uh, they kind of blew out us right Denver, which is the first one up. Um, I thought the jazz really played that game very well, except for the 27 to one run went awry. <laughs> and uh, Denver's super impressive this year. They've been battling injuries. Millsap's been out of the lineup and Jeremy Grant's been great. Tori Craig was brutal against Donovan Mitchell and really shut him down. They were playing without uh, Malik Beasley made the some of those plays so then you're playing without Gary Harris and without Jamal Murray so I don't know what group Gary Harris is back for them Denver's actually frankly never know could be making a deal they're one of the teams yeah, most likely to be making a deal rumored, by the yeah, deadline yeah, absolutely um, they have too many players right now so Denver's has been crazy impressive in their f- kind of resiliency to injury this year um, and they're Probably the second best team in the West, if not yeah. the Clippers, right now. Sometimes it pays off for teams, uh, other times injuries are, are an absolute killer.
0: Will the Jazz get out of the slump and win one of them? <laughs>
1: there's a better <laughs> chance they win all of them okay. than none of them. I'm just Come on making now. Sure.
0: You're with me on that. We're good still good. Yeah, no, I know. There's, we're 14 and 5 over the last there's, 19 there's games. Nothing. The best offense in right. the league. There's nothing horribly wrong, and that's why I bring you in to calm everyone Hater. down. Hater. All right. Thanks, David Locke. That does it for this week's talk. And yeah, see you next time.